Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Maggie's Plan, Sing Street, Genius, The Daughter, and more. And at the E-Bar on July 17th, Kazoo presents Adrian Teacher and the Subs, Weird Lines, and Cold on Pluto. The bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. For more information about the bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca. Working to Hello and welcome to episode 269 of Creative Control with Vish Khanna. I'm your host, Vish Khanna. That's me. That's why the show is named what it is. And on this episode, a conversation with all four members of the hilarious Baroness Vaughn sketch show. This is a very funny sketch comedy program that airs on CBC TV. It's an edgy, grounded show written by and starring four extremely talented and hilarious human beings, Carolyn Taylor, Meredith McNeil, Aurora Brown, and Jennifer Whalen. They're just wrapping up their first season on CBC with the finale slated to air on Tuesday, July 19th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And and you can catch up on past episodes and sketches at cbc.ca slash baroness. I recently met up with Carolyn, Meredith, Aurora, and Jennifer at the Gladstone Hotel in Toronto to chat about the show and, and other stuff, too. And so, without further ado, here's myself with everyone from Baroness Von Sketch Show. Hello, greetings and welcome. Thank you so much for coming today. This is our first world summit since the revolution where we ascended to power, replacing our male counterparts. It's been a busy few years, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Uh, What's on the agenda? Yes, first of all, the economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, actually, everything's great here. Yep, us too. We're cool. Us too. Same here, Jill. Ah, uh, yep. All good here. No problems. Great. Okay, environment. Is anyone having any environmental problems, anyone? No. 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 None. Ditto. And what about um, conflict, social justice, any war, any hardship, conflict in their continents? <laughs> no, we just talk it out these days. Oh. Yeah, we find it's very helpful to write things down and then sleep on it, see if we feel the same way the next day. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us too. There was some conflict with my California and Jill's old South America, and then we just realized 
we were angry at ourselves, weren't we? I mean, I was projecting all my shit onto this one. (laughs) And then I realized it was just my stuff onto her. So I'm so happy that we're cool now. Yes, very cool. Well, I think that's it, ladies. Everything seems to be in order. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe that this summit used to take days. Anyone want to grab some wings? I think the first thing we should do, because there's so many of us here, is just state our names so that the people listening to this show know who each of you are as we go on. That's usually a helpful way to begin. So why don't we begin over here? I'm Meredith McNeil. Hi, Meredith. How are you? I'm really good. Good. How are you? I'm I'm okay. Good. Hi. (laughs) I'm Carolyn Taylor. Carolyn, nice to have you on the show. Thanks. So nice to be here. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Jen Whalen. Hi, Jen. Hello. (laughs) And I'm Aurora Brown. Aurora Brown, that's a nice name. Thank you very much. You sound like an action figure from the 70s. I am an action figure from the 70s. Don't you think, Aurora Brown? Oh, you you seem insulted that I didn't compliment your name. Totally. (laughs) Like, are we all going to deny that we weren't? I'm sorry. I didn't, and I didn't ask you how you were, by the way. I'm well, thank you. Sorry, this is a little awkward. There's not that many Maybe she's not that well because she apparently is not a superhero. <laughs> Aurora Brown, that's like you, who you would call in the case of an emergency, wouldn't you? Or not not Carolyn Taylor. No. <laughs> you would call downtown Aurora Brown. Yeah, fair enough. Downtown Carolyn Aurora Taylor. Brown. Who's going to help us? Carolyn Taylor? Taylor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just the way the downturn on that sounded horrible. Well, Carolyn Taylor is a great lawyer name. So, you know, yeah. and yes. depending on the emergency, you might want right. Carolyn Taylor or you might want downtown Aurora Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I think Marin, you and I are left out. Uh, speak for yourself. In my own world, I'm totally a superhero. Just because I'm not recognized by these four doesn't mean I'm not Meredith McNeil. That's who I'm calling. Well, I am thinking about dry- buying a dress that has a cape on it, an actual cape. I, at first, I was like, I can't buy that, but I've been thinking about it for three weeks straight, and now I'm like, yeah, I think I might need a dress with a cape. I own a bunch of power tools. Okay, that's, okay. that's, that's relevant. Commissioner Meredith McNeil? That's who Aurora Brown would consul- confer with, yeah. Commissioner. I want more. You want more? Okay, we'll try to get you a promotion. I before want like the end a, the show. I want a superhero skill. Okay. I want. I want more. Okay, that's fair. Now, people listening uh, may not uh, know much about the Gladstone Hotel restaurant. What is? It's like a. It's a hub. It's a cultural it's a hub. It's a cultural lots, hub. <laughs> there's lots of stuff going on here. Hub. Why are we here? Do, do you want to speak to uh, the significance of the meeting place? Is if there is any? We're right. We're uh, we're well. We do a lot of our writing here at the Gladstone, and we've uh, the Gladstone has hosted us. We did some rehearsing uh, last year. We shot part of our demo at the Gladstone, and uh, Christina Zeidler. We had our launch here. Christina Zeidler, the president, uh, has been you know so wonderful with us, giving us uh, free reign in the hotel to just uh, photocopiers down. Yeah. Where do you go? You go and ask Serena Saren to use the machine downstairs in the basement. That's right. Hmm. The whole second floor is offices with like amazing creative people. And sometimes I do feel a little bit bad. Like, I'm like, are we too loud? When they like the laughter. Okay, we're fine. (laughs) And uh, are there other comedy teams working at the Gladstone? No, we are the only, as far as I know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but we are the only comedy team working at the Gladstone. Well, it's a lovely place. This is a kind of a hipper part of Toronto, right? Are you, do any of you live near here? Yeah, we're all, all nearby, of us do. yeah, in we're the give or take area, Little Italy, Parkdale, High Parky kind of area. Yeah. Excuse me, I am uh, Junction Triangle. Ooh. It's very I, exciting. It used to be No Man's Land. Now it's Junction Triangle. I thought you were part of the Dundas parallelogram. <laughs> no, but then somebody told me, no, I'm actually part of the West Bend. So I'm either a West Bender or a Junction Triangler. I don't know. You I'm just happy West to be Bender. <laughs> <laughs> triangler sounds a, really <laughs> like slightly That's dirty. dirty. Well, what happens in the triangle stays in the triangle. <laughs> now, are you all from Toronto? Is anyone from outside of the city? I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Nova Scotia. Uh, I grew up in Thunder Bay, and then I moved here to go to school and stayed. And I'm from Montreal. And I'm actually from Toronto. I was born here. Okay. So you all came to Toronto for fame and fortune, those of you who are not from here? Oh, yeah. We were just like, this is the place that's going <laughs> to just change everything. Okay. No, it's a nice enough city. Do you like living here? From Yeah, I just moved here for the gig. Uh, <laughs> me and my kid, but I like it. Oh, you, you never, you moved here for this show? Yeah. That's it? Oh. 
You uh, Halifax otherwise, did you say? I was in Halifax, uh, Pictou, Nova Scotia. But yeah, I met these amazing ladies and then we got the show off the ground and I moved here to do the job. Okay, that's good. That's, yeah, that's committed. She has committed. Commissioner Meredith McNeil yeah, has yeah. committed to being a part of the... In I'm going to stop Park calling Dale. you a commissioner. I was introduced to Parkdale. It's a wonderful neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Wonderful people. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Now, uh, so you, how did you meet? I'm, I don't know much about... I know your show. I watched the show. I don't know anything about you personally, which is no. fine. It doesn't come through in the show. There's not enough get-to-know-us segments on your show. <laughs> no, this is it. This is what you're So how did you, uh, how did you configure? Uh, long story short... Uh, Long story long. Uh, basically, uh, we some of uh, we met in different uh, sort of configurations through different um, avenues. God, I'm mixing my metaphors, whatever. But anyway, uh, bottom line, we were at Second City, Aurora and I together in the touring company, then went to main stage together. And Jen Whalen had already been on main stage. She was in super main stage uh, mm-hmm. alumni. And we uh, partied and had fun, you know, and, and became friends like almost 20 years ago, 15, 18 yeah. years ago, something like that. Worked together, uh, different improv shows around town, uh, Juan Portal, Becky Johnson's Wayward, all sorts of stuff. And then a few years back, I was working at 22 Minutes, and Meredith McNeil was doing... I was just back in Canada, yeah, and it was my first job back in Canada, and then I met Carolyn Taylor. Yeah. And then she introduced me to these lovely ladies. And Jen Whalen had been working at 22 Minutes before as well, but just not at the same time as uh, as Mayor. So... That's and it. then pretty, we all came Pretty together. exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's make up a story about how we all met. Yeah, yeah we need a superhero origin we story. We actually do. Yeah. Like the one that I was thinking of, I was like, we're all, like, I was like, I was thinking like a shipwreck or like a stormy sea. I was boat. dropped in acid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my origin story. I dropped acid. That's my origin story. <laughs> I was thinking more like I was a coast guard and oh. like I, there was a stormy sea. I just watched the... Um, couldn't get my Netflix to work, so I went on YouTube to watch free movies, and there was the Kevin Costner with Ashton Kutcher one, one of their lifeguards. Oh, no? Okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Which one is that? I don't know that one. Exactly. If you go on YouTube, if your Netflix isn't working, and you go on YouTube to find out where free movies are, you can find some stuff, man. That's not Water... No, Waterworld no, is not... No. no. It's not Waterworld. It's I, a different one. I know the movie you're talking about, but I, I can't actually remember the title of it, but yeah, it's, it's one of those... There's some crazy stuff to get free movies yeah. on YouTube. There's some crazy things there. See, when you say origin story, I mostly think of superheroes, because I have a six-year-old son, so there's a lot of Batman and Marvel and DC in our house, so that's the kind of... Uh, I only learn the words origin story from these guys because they're really into things like that and I'm <laughs> I'm yes, not. Yes. So I didn't even know what one was until probably a month ago or something. I still don't know. Yeah. You were conceived by a virgin uh, <laughs> in a rain of light. From but God. now she's Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, do you feel like we're inundated with origin? Now that you've discovered origin yeah. stories, That's it feels like all we hear about are yeah. like, where does the stuff we like come from? Mm-hmm. And like we need to know the nuts and bolts of that. And don't you find that sometimes a bit like too much don't you just want to know the product first and not the whole yeah, story behind it there's a fair relatively great well it's not it's an indisputably great bit by pat oswalt about the star wars prequels i don't know if you know this one where he's like no he's just making fun of george Lu- lucas for coming up with the prequel idea and his tagline is i don't care where the stuff i love comes from i just love the stuff i love can and I steal that? Because yeah. that's what I find sometimes. Like, <laughs> let's just focus on the product. I like Batman. I don't necessarily need, need to, to know, know how, where, yeah, how yeah. he begins. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, isn't it, sorry, just to belabor no, a point no, no, that I really fine. don't know much about. Uh, isn't it that Superman is the one sort of anomaly that he was a super, he starts as a ser- superhero and masquerades as a normal person, whereas the others were normal people who had something happen oh, to them. Oh, that's true. And then become, isn't that? That's, that's yeah. true. And the, I only know that because oh, I know a DJ, Aurora Clark might, Kent, who uh, told me that story. It, uh, it depends on who you're talking about. Wonder Woman is from the island of Themyscira, and she is from like she's the child of God, so she does have a day a, a day persona. Okay. Superman also, whereas like Batman, you know, like he has to hide, like he's really Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Spoiler, oh, spoiler, and, spoiler alert, <laughs> and has to has to hide that kind of thing. Or like Hal Jordan, who's like one of the Green Lanterns. He started off as a pilot, became the Green Lantern, so he never even hides it. You know, like the Flash. I don't think the Flash has anything like that. Martian Manhunter. Um, you know, he doesn't really have it because he's. It depends. It depends. What about Robin? Jean Jones, yeah. What's his, do we even Robin know? Robin became Nightwing, but I can't remember what his day job I don't is. Feel like and there's also been several the Robins. Kicks. There have been several Robins. He's died a few times. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thanks for passing the mic. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually am curious about, did you know all this stuff before you became a mom? Were you a comic? You sound like you knew that cold, but like I've just, I forgot a bunch of stuff until I became a dad. Like from my childhood, I repressed it. And then uh, when I became a dad, I found myself reading these stories again, all of these comic book stories 
Do you find, uh, are, are any of you, are all of you parents? Are any of you parents? Three of us are. Three of you are I'm parents. I'm a parent and Jen. So do you find that when reliving your childhood, you're like, oh, like, that's weird. Like, I didn't even notice that. I didn't notice that as a kid. Did I, like, push that? books on my kid that I loved as a kid. I'm like, you're so going to love Frog and Toad. Because that's where I find fun. I was like, I'm just going to revisit all the stuff that I loved. I do that. Mm -hmm. uh. I wanted to get um, Meredith's kid, uh, Hazel, a book uh, called Mog the Forgetful Cat that I loved as a kid. But it's about a robber breaking into the house at night and Mog saves the family. And I was afraid that oh, yeah, yeah. It, like kids aren't, it might be a bit well, scary for weird. kids like, now. That's what you should say that because my daughter is... Um, really into robbers at the moment she's just understood what a break-in is so there's so would this traumatize her or make her feel safer i think it might it mess could her up be a bit, the bruce wayne you know model she could get superpowers you know that's I would how say not buy it we'll just have to read it to her in a, in a, a space or maybe it'd be fine i'm not she's just has a lot of questions about robbers lately mm. so maybe it's the perfect time I Play have questions about robbers. Can I come over? <laughs> Get them answered. You but come yeah, over we've we've naturally divided here. You can't see us, obviously, but we've naturally divided on nerd lines. Yes. So the side of the table that Aurora and I are sitting on are more deeply into things nerdy um, than the other side of the table. Um, so this is a uh, yeah, this is a great source of amusement for uh, both sides, I think, really. Now you mentioned that it's uh, been a twenty-year uh, journey, basically, to, to the show on some level. Yeah. Like you've been I working together for suppose, yeah. fifteen, twenty years. Yeah. Did you? Was your intention to have a show on the CBC called the Baroness von Sketch Show? <laughs> yeah. I knew. Isn't that, everybody, isn't that everybody's <laughs> intention? Yeah, yeah. That's what I told my guidance counselor in high school. Yeah. Uh, you know what I really <laughs> want to do? I think all of us could say that we, at some point, wanted to yes, have a show, work with people we loved, have something that reflected our own sensibilities, and didn't feel. Um, didn't feel uh, derivative or feel like other stuff that's going on but but we didn't know it was going to become this and we didn't uh, just sort of I guess all our experiences through through life in the arts in Canada led us uh, to a sure. point where we knew that that's what we were doing and it was and Mare and I were chatting too back in Halifax and we're like how do we make this happen and it's like who do we want to make this happen with mm -hmm. and and blamo, blamo. Well, one of the reasons I ask is because as a dad, and I don't want to keep harping on the fact that I made children, but uh, as a dad, I find myself watching TVO Kids a lot, which is a great, I'm going to plug them right now. It's a great network. I like it. You know, a lot of parents bemoan the fact that their kids watch TV, but I like it. I feel like my, my kid, my, my children are learning things. But one of the things I've noticed is the credits are often edgy Canadian comedians. Mm -hmm. writing and starring on the show mm -hmm. and I was just and I'm really fascinated by that because to me it's almost like a little thing for me like I'm watching these kids shows and after a while your eyes kind of glaze over right and then all of a sudden the kids in the hall show up on the odd squad or something mm -hmm. like oh that's a nice little touch for me mm -hmm. did you have any forays into that world as comedians like did you do any stuff with the uh, kids programming yeah, I wrote for cartoons. That's how I started getting into writing. I wrote uh, for yeah for a couple of shows, um, and I think that's a, it's a good um, entry level for com comedians, an entry level kind of job. It's easier to sort of you know break into that side of it, which I think is why so many comedians end up sort of moving through that territory. Isn't Toronto known as like? A hub of like amazing animation studios. Isn't there a lot of isn't there is amazing. There is a lot of amazing animation on like on all of like three D and traditional yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so there's yeah, there's a lot of stuff made here. Um, Odd Squad is an amazing it's one. It's a fantastic if you, show, especially like, if yeah. you know the Toronto like sketch and improv community. Yeah. Like every time we watch it, there, I, I've been on it once. My husband's been on it like five times as a recurring character, and every time I watch it, it's like, oh, there's Andy, there's Jim, mm -hmm. there's uh, there's Anne, I like blah blah blah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And mm -hmm. it's also written by a guy who was who's who was yeah, in Mark the DeAngelis. yeah Mark yeah. DeAngelis. And so, but as, as a parent, you know, like when you're watching it and like, you can tell when there's a show that's just written by educators to tell them about math. And then there's the shows that are really enjoyable yeah. and have like that. I mean, Odd Squad is about math, but it's also like there's fun little stories. It's hilarious jokes, great performances, um, incredible cast of kids. And then like all these other people coming in and it's, it's great. It's great to watch. I've auditioned a couple of times and never been cast. Just oh, so yeah. your time for will come, Carolyn. Your time will come. Maybe they sense your childlessness and they're like, hmm. Oh, I, I love the way you phrase that. My childlessness. <laughs> wow, that's. I just. I prefer to call that freedom, but it is freedom. It, like. it is freedom. <laughs> who did you play on Odd Squad? I must ask. I played a woman who had a pizza delivered to her house in error, um, because that's a great one. I love it, it was great. It was great, and uh, yeah, yeah. 
that's a great episode. Uh, what happens is the numbers, the, something's going on with Somebody the numbers. Somebody doubles the numbers. Doubles our, the numbers. Yeah, a friend of ours, Ashley Botting, plays the woman who has the pizza place. She always has like the yeah, hat she's on. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. She's so one of the you play the woman. There's a guy and a woman yeah. that show up at the store being yeah. like, my pizza order. Yeah. That's you. That's, that's totally you. Aurora and that's my Brown. husband who plays that. Yeah, that's yeah. your husband? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. I'm sorry. Who has I'm also getting... been on Baroness One Sketch. Let me just say Really? Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I don't mean to fanboy about Odd Squad. I was not expecting to do that, but that's. It's a great for And one of the reasons I ask is because in my conversations with comedians in Canada, some of them discuss the fact that they don't feel like they're always represented very well mm-hmm. or, or covered very well, uh, particularly by local outlets. There was a, at the last time JFL 42 occurred in Toronto, I looked at my Facebook feed and all my Toronto comedian friends were like, look at, and I'm not going to name the publications, but they're only reviewing the out-of-town people. They're not covering... I know the publication you're talking about. I know exactly the article you're talking about. Yeah, and so I was curious about that aspect of your work. We're pretty fortunate, actually. We, the press, have been really supportive. And Yeah, I guess we've... Yeah, we, 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 what, the support we have received is really unusual. I agree with you. I think there is. I think that Canada, just in general, has to get over this idea that if people are here, they can't be very good and that they must go to L.A. I would would love if we nurtured our community and you actually could stay here eventually. Because what happens, I think, is a lot of talented people, they work, they do the children's show, and then they can't... There's no bigger outlet and so they get frustrated and then they go to the the states and then they break out and then we're like that person's amazing um so it'd be great if we could start to recognize uh, the amazing people while they're still here you know um and and cover them and cover the scene and and because we do have a great scene in toronto there's a lot of great comedy that people can go and see uh but you know even being in the industry i often don't know about it because it's not promoted in that way do you have any okay so Meredith has been quite clear that you guys are doing fine in terms of press coverage and attention. Do you have a, and you've kind of hinted at the fact that people, is it a Canadian trait? We just wait for something to break outside of our country before we're like, yeah, we like that too. Like, is that, is that just symptomatic of that weird complex we have in terms of culture? A little bit, I think we have that, um, for sure. Like, I think that, you know, in terms of actors, I mean, I think in terms of, even with Trudeau, I'd say that, People loving Trudeau in the States makes us, although we already loved him, makes us love him even more. It's just something we're kind of like, I feel like sometimes Canada is like um, that kid in high school who wasn't really popular, who's like, and the States is the popular kid. It's like, oh my God, the popular kid knows we're alive, you know? Um, but I think we're growing up and it's like, now we're like, ooh, the popular kid's kind of weird. Yeah, the mess. And you know what? We kind of quietly just kept doing our thing and we got it going on. So I think it's really time for us as Canadians to go, we got it going on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um, but but Meredith's right. Like I think like we've been we've been very fortunate. People have been saying like yes, yes, and and giving us coverage and and. Uh, but even with I just didn't mean the press. I meant the community as the well. Community, so totally, just to be clear absolutely. that yeah, the press have been really kind, but the community is kind, and the, the the amount of support that we've gotten that way. So I hear the point of that sometimes we look elsewhere. But um, what I'm experiencing right now is that within Canada, there's been a huge amount of support for this show. And social media has just embraced us. And like it's kind of crazy. So now I feel really excited to be like, hey, maybe things are shifting here. Maybe we're like, like to Jen's point, like, yeah, we are, you know, Canada's coming into its own. And also, I don't know, being Canadian, we've always created some pretty badass products here at the same time. We are, we are the, the like, leaders of comedy, tough. aren't we? Yeah, like I spent most of my career in the UK and when they found out it's Canadian, I was like, all the time, they'd be asking me questions about the amazing content in Canada. Yeah. Well, you say that, uh, you highlight the fact that uh, the media coverage has been good I gathered from your the fact that you highlight that the community has been so supportive mm-hmm. that that you're surprised by that. I wouldn't know if I was. Well, I guess if you create any, I, I'll speak for myself. I think any person that creates any product when you get support, it's always exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, do you know, when you don't know it, and we're all writing this together and producing the show together, so it's not like we want to go. This is the, you know, it's not like we're like mm-hmm. you don't re, you know we wait till you release it and then the support that comes back. Yeah. 
I think it's like we've we've gotten it's 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 wonderful to get press it's wonderful to get like fans loving it but there's a special thing when like the people that we work with all the time who we all really respect like when they go out of their way to private message to say I really really love and respect what you're doing there's a special like oh you know because like the people we work that we work around and work with all the time are very smart and very perceptive and we we all see everything from the world you know like the the world is small everybody is everything's online and you can take in stuff and people's taste is very very good and so when I get a special glow when like the people are like hey we haven't talked for ages but like I love it and it's it's great it's really lovely it's really lovely we were kind of talking about uh, people who make it so to speak outside of Canada uh, and then are appreciated here but there's also a number of examples of people who make it I'm air quoting on the podcast (laughs) they make it and but they stay true to their community I mean you have John Dory on one of your one of the funniest sketches which is the space i don't know how to describe the sketch but uh it's about um a mission to pop to repopulate mars that uh, goes horribly wrong um, yeah no he was he was uh he was totally delightful it was so much fun uh working with him and i that's one of those sketches that you know there's so much good stuff that you you need to edit it for time and stuff but there's a couple lines he said that i still even though they're not there anymore i hear them in my head yeah. every time i watch that sketch yeah he Can was you share one of them? well he yes one of them was uh he says to meredith you lied on your space application and he kept improvising your application to space yeah. and it <laughs> just, spas. it was so funny it was so funny and uh, every time yeah. I see it now I'm hearing it, the, the line isn't there but I hear application to boss and I start giggling and then my husband's like what are you laughing at did you break up after he said that is that why it was cut like why would you get rid of such a golden line if I might ask no and second guess um, I think it probably was time or time. it might have been a sound issue oh, or okay. it was sometimes things like that happen. It was like, oh, man, we love that, but we can't use it because of X or the time right. you said it. Uh, the mic wasn't. I don't know. Who knows sure. why? But yeah, it sticks with me, too. Yeah. I love that line. So how, how would you have like, how did you establish that? For, for one example, how did you establish that relationship with John? Did you guys know each other before? I think our, one of our producers, Graham Ludlow, was in touch with him because I think he did Winnipeg Comedy Fest for yeah. Frantic Films. That's who we're with. And I think it was a reach out. And and I had worked with him before. I wrote on his show, um, uh, the first season of John Dore Show. So I knew him from that um, and yeah. knew that he was a lovely guy. I knew him because uh, he, you know, he, he started off here in Toronto and he was doing these comedy now specials around the time that like I'd done one. And so I just like knew him around. He always a great, great guy. Very funny. I just wanted to ask about John Dore. I don't know why. I, I, no, I think you should ask about John Dore. He's, he's good. like, he's yeah. phenomenal and he totally played. He's so kind. He improv the heck out of it. Like, he's got a more phenomenal, John phenomenal beard also. Let's talk about John Dore's yeah. beard. He's, oh, wow. Yeah, his Where beard is, yeah. And I can, you know, you've got a great beard going on. So I think that you guys have, would have a lot to talk about. Yeah. With the facial hair. I don't don't actually know what I'm going for with my beard. My son who's four and I are having a beard growing contest and it's not going. How's he doing? Not so well. (laughs) And I'm suffering as a result. And my wife's like, what are you doing with the beard? Also the Letterman photos. Have you seen the Letterman, David Letterman lately? He's got the big beard. yeah, yeah, yeah. So my wife and I were watching. He was just on like some, he was interviewed by Tom Brokaw and she looked at it and she's like, is that why you're growing the beard? (laughs) She thought I, because I like Letterman. Anyway, it's stupid. Should I? Is it why? No. no, of course sure? not. No. I don't no. know what I was going for, like a brown Santa Claus thing. This yeah. is from <laughs> December, and then so are you competing with your son or David Letterman? I don't know. I don't know anymore. Or in life, Santa Claus. in life, sort of both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I was gonna. So the reception has been great. Has it been bad? <laughs> Have you had any negative or like surprisingly uh, strange encounters with people where you're like, what? The odd time. There's like, it's like all these great messages and then there'll be someone with like a Facebook account that has no friends and like what so it seems like a a fakey or maybe who knows who will write in and say something I I think the one (laughs) I thought was funny is this is the caustic concordia of comedy I was like and and pulling out and 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 that's that Italian ship that went in I was like wow what a pull a current reference yeah. like what, what I remember we were making jokes about that at 22 minutes like yeah. that's your reference and that's also it's a particularly male disaster like yeah. I like the illusion of you know but shouldn't it be a female created disaster that yeah. we get uh, I know I, I haven't had that what I have had some interesting things of because you know my parents are uh, in their 70s as is my mother-in-law so there's been some interesting conversations about some of the stuff we do that obviously they don't get the references so right. uh, can we swear on your podcast yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have a sketch called Fuck, Mary Kill, which I had the unique pleasure of having to explain to my mother. 
and then explained to my father and my father just looked at me and was just like give me like like you're a horrible people play that's a that's not a fun game that's all so you're deciding whether you're gonna kill like why would you even do that and I was like oh come on dad like think about it like at your bridge club and you could pick the Okay, maybe not at your bridge club, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Now that they think, now that they know that it's a thing, now they're sort of like, oh yeah. So okay. well, my mom saw the one where Jen Whalen. I don't know if you've seen this one, but Jen, there's a kid about to cross the street, and she's like, "What are you doing?" You know, like put these on and puts his headphones on and gives him his cell phone and earbuds and whatever. So like, go in, it's your time, go out there. And then we have the sound of traffic, like screeching. My mom sees that, sees Jen push this kid into traffic and she just goes, no. And she looks at me like I'm a fucking monster. It's like, what are you, how is this comedy? Like, I'm like, no, it's just the kid's fine. I remember having to call my parents for a sketch called Locker Room Birthday, which is our first release online. And uh, they were like, oh, we have people around are talking about it and where can we go see that and I want to see that and I was like you should see it I just was like warning I'm naked and I bend over (laughs) but I thought that my 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 dad was like that's all right that's great I was like thanks my dad called to tell he he singled out the fart sketch uh the um the the woman's lighting the candles and then lights her own fart and and he says because that happens uh, and I was like, oh, and he's like, when I was a child, you know, we did that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, I don't need to know how you lit your farts, but uh, but yeah, he uh, he he the universality of lighting farts was a big thing. Yeah, that was actually I wrote that for my dad, who enjoys a good fart joke. So I was just like, I'm gonna see if I can get a fart joke on the show. It's just for my dad together. Our dads should hang out together. <laughs> Would be awesome. I was describing the show. My wife hasn't had a chance to watch the show. What? Uh, what? Sorry. Let me rephrase that. What? My wife. What? My wife is a tremendous fan of your show. What? Uh, what? No, no. She. Uh, I've sh- I've shown her some of the sketches on the, but just like the whole episode, she hasn't right. had a chance okay, to watch fine. it. So she was. I was talking to her about. Uh, she was like, "Well, what is it exactly?" Like before she saw the first sketch, and I was trying to explain it. And I. How said, did you explain it? I was <laughs> trying. I'm going to try now, and this is very uh, precarious. I would think it's like a really simple explanation, so I'm, I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. And we're crossing our arms as you. Yes, yeah. go. Yes. <laughs> okay. All I was going to suggest is that it was like it's sketch, but it's observational yes. sketch. It's sort of social critique sketch, right? I yeah. mean, there are elements of surrealism, but I actually feel like most of it's grounded in just like we like the password sketch where like yeah we have to come up with these ridiculous passwords or uh well i mean i guess i don't understand the shocking sketch where you're shocking the person uh-huh. that's just weird uh that that's a little surreal yeah. but most of it is the yoga sketch for example which i uh, by the way i want to get to this after because i was marveling at how short that was because i was like they're pouring a lot of resources into these short little ideas yeah which is unusual for sketch normally it's like i think that was part of our when we were putting the show together that was part of the branding of the show that we really wanted to make the show move and like we always talked about like a mixtape and we felt yeah. like these blackout we call them little we'll call them blackouts it's just sort of like a palette cleanser before you go into the next sketch right yeah, yeah they're great and yeah. they're and they're so they're they're fleeting i'm just like oh that's that's all that was like yeah. that, that's the idea and it's done and it's it's gone anyway this notion of observational sketch which i think a lot of sketch is based on but it, for some reason it's particularly it, it seems more realistic on your show, if that makes sense. I'm like, I can relate to, I mean, for the most part, I can relate to everything. Well, that was part of the, when we were putting the show together, that's something we discussed all the time, was making sure that uh, for our type of comedy, it had to be grounded, and it had to come from a relatable place. Yeah. And in the writing room that was talked about a lot, it was like, you can come up with an idea, you can pitch it around, but you're like, ground it, ground it, ground it. And yes, of course, there's sketches in there that are a little bit surreal, that jump out of it, but at least the human dynamic has to be relatable or real. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. do depart from it it's it's like a flavoring thing it would be like okay yeah you can have a pinch of that we're not going to make a whole show of that but every once in a while we can throw that in because why not it's sketch we can do what we want but primarily it's like can you relate to it have you seen this have you witnessed it is this a true interpersonal dynamic what's that because that's the interesting stuff that's what we want to watch because we want to watch ourselves being reflected back or because we live in a narcissistic culture, I suppose we do. Uh, but yeah. Well, I mean, even the the sketch we were alluding to earlier with John Doerr, which is the space sketch, mm-hmm. very strange. Mm-hmm. Yet everything that goes on in terms of the character, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it's just these little fibs, this little exaggeration we do on a resume, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is yeah. like that's a very relatable thing that we all have to do. Like, no, I not, I don't know how to do tech. I just know I'm the social media. Like, that's hilarious. I think that was actually happening at the time too, because remember there was like the mission to Mars, and they were starting to select people, and then it turned out like the Mars people had been lying. Right. And there wasn't really going to be a thing happening, but all these people are kind of like putting that they're like I'm doing this and this and this and. So it was like, it was certainly of the time and then totally, you know, everybody does it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, it seems like a lot of it stems from conversations we have and mm-hmm. that kind of like, did you like, you know, just chatter. And mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. Like it's, and, th- and you're saying that was the goal on some mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was totally yeah and that's the end part of that. It works by having it uh, naturally lit, shot on location. We didn't want kooky wigs. Like, yes, we've got some hair pieces and different hairstyles, but they're grounded in, like, real hairstyles. Mm. And so the comedy wasn't going to come because Jen was wearing crazy glasses or I had a weird wig on or some big comedy-colored outfit on you know and not that there's anything wrong with that yeah but we sort of put that even before we wrote one word that was all put in place Mm -hmm. we were really clear about this is the look this is the tone this is kind of what we're going for so that when we came to the writing room it was like okay it was a lot easier to be like okay this is the type of material that we kind of want to generate uh just getting back to being a parent like um I was like when I whenever we've watched these sketches so many times through production and editing and I never really get tired of watching them because there's so much that everybody is invested in the characters that we put in them and it's like watching a Pixar movie you know like there's tons of stuff in the background you know if you watch it again and again you see like oh that little expression on on Carolyn's face in that moment or like the little thing that Jen's doing that are all really really rich and and that that's the kind of thing that we all wanted to do that the the act everybody takes even the smallest character very very seriously and gives them really complete lives so there's always something going on there and I think that for sure I know that like uh, it's Second City for myself and I think that that would be true for you guys um, but just generally in comedy like that it, to get a little like you know sincere for a moment but like the biggest laughs come and the biggest connection comes uh, for comedy when people get to see themselves like oh uh, that's me too or get to see like a little part of themselves illuminated that it's a relief for people and it's a it's a connection for people and and that when comedy does that it's it's a almost a public service I don't know but it's but it's like it's like hey guys we all do this thing right yeah. you know like the thing you thought you were the only one it's like no it's 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 okay or you're not okay but you should know about that mm-hmm. and and I think also just what you're talking about with the short uh, the short blackouts, yeah. like that's definitely, I would say, like that was certainly drummed into us at Second City. You know, like that's how a Second City live show is is created. That there's a running order. You know, like you have your your big several minute sketches, and then you have a few palate cleansers and like those little burps of laughter. And that that's like we enjoy. You know, and we've we've learned it that way. And it's and the shows that we like, like Smack the Pony, all those things, like they'll have those short things, and it works for us. Mm. You mentioned uh, the show you liked just now, and uh, I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about you know when you put a band together a group together like this one there are obviously people who have done it before you uh they may inspire you they may influence you are there common influences that you are willing to cite uh muppet show (laughs) the muppet show is the i think for me when i grew up i grew up in a tiny town on the east coast and uh watching the Muppet show. Remember that point where you're like, they're real? Do you guys all have that point where like you genuinely, it wasn't like they were puppets. It was like, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. That's the life that they have. And I remember watching the Muppet show going really clearly going, that's a good life. Mm-hmm. Like the way, and you know, the way, yes, they have fights sometimes and things are tough, but they always pull through. It's a good team. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. band, 
looks like they're having a really good time. Because so I remember that being a very fully formed idea of like I like that whole idea. And I think all of us would agree that the Muppet Show is a strong influence. Mm-hmm. It, uh, nine to five for me. The movie Nine to Five was a huge one. Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, because you could tell there was like an intelligence behind uh, the the film, and also that they knew each other, they respected each other, that they were sort of making each other laugh as they carried on as professionals, and uh, and they were saying something as well. I mean, back I saw it in the theaters in 1981 with my friend Ramona George and her mother, who was a secretary. So super fun. Um, my daughter's name is Ramona. Well, well, well. I just, I just like to throw that in there on the show every once in a while. Are you a but dad? <laughs> yes, oh, as a matter of fact. Wow. I have a beard and I'm a dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think huge, like, well, we all talked about Smack the Pony, which was a uh, comedy out of Britain in the 90s, which we loved. I mean, I think uh, Monty Python, the joyful silliness of Monty Python was a huge, huge influence as well. Um, you know, Kids in the Hall, obviously. Um, you know, we have a sketch that says, uh, Mom, say hello, which, um, you know, really is influenced by... 50 Helens agree Um, (laughs) uh, and uh, so it's like I think comedy is like a it's like a conversation it's like everybody adds their little bit to the conversation you build on what the person has said before so it's really fun to be part of that and I love what Amy Schumer's doing you know her contemporary take because she's really you know satirizing contemporary life and Mm -hmm. critiquing it and of course the style is different on Comedy Central and the budget and the you know the way they approach it is, is different but the social commentary sometimes is like smack on it's like right on mm-hmm. good for you and Carol Burnett I think knowing as well like what she used to run home just to watch her and the fact that she was such a businesswoman at the same time and she pulled some amazing punches and always like through everything that she was doing it was always like I wasn't say it was fighting she was always pushing boundaries not just within the show but within the business world of comedy as well Mm-hmm. And I'd say one other influence is like the team, you know, that put together the office in the sense that they, you know, everyone on their show wasn't beautiful and good looking and the comedy, the British office, uh, mm-hmm. like Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, like looking at their work. It's like, yeah, people, they were really pioneers, I think, in that sort of having a half hour comedy and not populating it with, you know, beautiful people and, and playing the awkwardness and embarrassing moments and, and that social satire that, and, and we love awkward moments on our show, absolutely, so I know, I feel like one awkward moment yeah. after another So I just remember watching that for the first time the first six episodes of The Office going like what? Yeah. Yes! What? I was, in, so. I was in Britain when that came out and I uh, I remember even there, it was like Carolyn, even there was like, holy, you know, what is this? And I think they had an 11 o'clock p.m. slot. You know, it, it was one Steve Merchant and Ricky won off the competition, and I don't think, no one knew it would happen. And it was like, it's like everybody wanted it, didn't they? It was time. Mm-hmm. I'd, I had a lot of influences as well. Um, um, but I would say also, like, when I was a kid, I watched TVO a lot. We actually didn't oh, have did cable. Well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there were weird things that TVO would show, like this weirdo sketch show called "Not the Nine O'clock News," and it was really yeah, yeah. It's like I don't it's, remember. That. I think yeah. it was in the seventies only, and it was it was a British show, and like it just had like like funny little weird things. Also things like um, uh, the records of Monty Python, because I never watched the show of it until I was like I think in my late twenties. But we would have the records, and I would play them over and over again, and that was a different tone than the show because there was no no laugh track. Yeah. Sometimes they had these like really intimate sounding things and they were, you know, like songs that they wouldn't have or like longer sketches. Uh, listening to that. Uh, the Muppet Show for sure. But then also I have to, I have to say that like SCTV watching it when I was a little kid, like watching um, like things, uh, sketches that like my husband, I just had to show him the sketch where they do like the reach for the top thing, you know, like the, the game show kind of thing. And like how totally fu- like they, how old is that sketch? And it's like just as funny now because the characters that they put into it, like, um, are incredibly specific and real, and they had their commitment to like not crazy wigs, but like incredibly good makeup and, and wigs, all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, absolutely, that kind of thing. And I also love. I mean, it's funny. I, I love watching things that are really bizarro, like like Super Jail or Rick and Morty, right? You know, right. Um, or Comedy Bang Bang, that kind of stuff. But um, what I love doing this kind of thing that is very, um, you know thoughtful and real I don't know I love it all well one of you mentioned and I, I think it was you mentioned Comedy Central Amy Schumer and you mentioned Comedy Central and it led me to think about tone the tone of that show mm-hmm. and that you mentioned the budget someone else mentioned actually a few of you have said can I swear on your podcast <laughs> there are certain parameters you have working with a network like CBC on a show that airs during 
prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, like, are you used, to, was that weird? Was that an adjustment for you to? We had in mind where we wanted it to live, and I think uh, right away we wanted to create something for the CBC. Yeah. So <laughs> we were like, I think we think this should live, because in Canada it was really important. That we're like, hey, I think it's time in Canada, an all-female. Nothing wrong with that. And I think a good place for it would be the CBC. Mm-hmm. So that actually influenced the way we went into it and was helpful. Like for me personally, few boundaries ain't so bad when creating. But yeah, like even sometimes you would be like, oh, if I could just say motherfucker here, it'd be really make it sing. But <laughs> because we're after 9.30, like we're after nine o'clock, the sort of watershed hour or whatever, it, uh, we can swear. So we actually only had to bleep one of our fucks and we didn't have to, we did it for comedy. We decided it was funnier in bleeped Nicole. in Nicole. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, but those parameters, they don't, I don't mind them because I don't really, we don't want our show to have like a bucket of jizz falling on guys at the end. Of, you know, there's a Schumer sketch that's pretty funny, but it ends with like fucking mm-hmm. the guys jizzing all over. And it's like, that's really not, that's not us and that's not the joke we want to go for. And it's so funny. knowing that it's totally funny <laughs> and it's what's happening there. But for us, it's like, okay, if it just means, yeah. it just means no jizz, that's okay. Yeah. No jizz. Uh, I feel like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm the t-shirt on our show. No jizz. No jizz. Just that's okay. No juice. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like working at 22 minutes, I kind of got gave you a PhD in how to get things on television. Like I noticed, like you can do a lot on television as long as you don't say the bad words. Right. You imply the bad words. So I like the creative challenge of like, how can I get my incredibly filthy joke on um, and have nobody flag how filthy it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I've just revealed something about myself, but uh, yeah. It was kind of something that, and I don't know if you're fans of the show, but that was something that. Seinfeld really mm-hmm. did well of, of talking about things yeah. without talking about them, but everyone knew. Like, yeah, and I love that and game. Look how long that game lasted, yeah. and like how much of it influenced our society, and like in Larry David doing it again. So there's something to be said for the love of human dynamics, and that's something that we sort of enjoy exploring. I think Seinfeld was celebrated that. You mentioned that you felt uh, Meredith mentioned that it was time for an all-female show on CBC. Well, these they didn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. They didn't have one. It was a good business move. Like, you don't have one of these. Maybe it's something that you'd like. <laughs> we live in a time where any time uh, a configuration occurs where, when it's not white men, mm-hmm. there's a presumption uh, that there's a political underpinning to it. Um, and on some level, that's been really healthy because it's made us all think about that. On another, like, I, I had this really fascinating conversation with Scott Thompson because in the hall who is very uh, concerned about the influence of so-called political correctness, whatever that means to you these days, on comedy, and how he's seeing that straight white men don't have it. Like Scott Thompson is advocating for straight white men by saying, like, you, you can't say anything now. Um, you know what I mean? Like, as a straight white man, you had all this time, and now you, if people are recording and all this stuff. So I am not sure where I sit with that particular argument, but you must, I assume now, because of your group, people must be uh, foisting a political angle to what you're doing on some level. Have you found that? Is that... Exactly one person. Only? Okay. Yeah. Um, Is it me? No. (laughs) Uh, No, we we wondered uh, if people would perceive that about us. Um, I think we've we've uh, we've hit the big time because we did get uh, we had the one troll who thought we were a feminist recruitment tool. Um, uh, yeah, it's true. And then we had other people on Twitter go- find that post the thing of that IMDb review and be like, "Oh my god, I love the show even more now. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. sure gonna watch it." I'm like, "So what if we were?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we have an army and we are recruiting for it. Um, please come, please please come, come audition. Yeah, if you not join. a bucket of jizz, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think that's that's such a minority at this point. Like I don't know. Wow. It, it's it's so, I, so, Sorry, what's the question? Sorry, what is, what's the... Yeah, my question was kind of unclear, so let me try to rephrase it. Do you feel, like you, again, Meredith says it was time. It was mm-hmm. time for this kind of show, and mm-hmm. you made jokes about how they just didn't have one. But that's, but that's, that's even though I was joking, that's real. Like, they didn't have one, and I thought yeah. it was time, and they yeah. should have one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it speak to anything going on in the time generally, like in the zeitgeist, so to speak? I think finally it's a good time to be a woman in comedy. You know, like I think I think that um, we've been riding a crest where there have been more and more women uh, who have been sort of just... Uh, 
you know, come to the forefront. You've got Tina Fey, you've got Amy Poehler, you've got Amy Schumer, you've got all of these women, and I can't even, you know, list them all. And I think it's just also just in terms of, I can say from my own experience, when I first started doing comedy, there were very, very few women that did it. There was like, you know, and three other girls. Uh, and then... Uh, Do you mean in a writing room? Uh, not in a writing room. I mean, just even when I first started improvising, I remember I went to a World Summit for theater sports in L.A., and I came in, and there were two other women there, and they hugged me. And they were like, oh, my God, thank wow. God, there's one more. And this was like a worldwide thing. I was like 25 at the time or something, and I just... I hadn't really thought about it before, and then I realized, oh, yeah. But now I find that there's just so many more women who do it. Um, and so I think, I think uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and as far as sort of political correctness, I mean, it's an interesting, I mean, it, we're in very interesting times because the world is such that we're having to wake up to a lot of things and a lot of privilege and a lot of, you know, it, it, it exists. And I think we're all sort of, you know, people are waking up at different uh, rates. And then for us, I mean, we're the four of us and we, we want more voices to be heard uh, in comedy and just having one show of four women on, on CBC four is, white is not, women too. White women is yeah. not n- nearly enough. Now, of course we weren't handpicked by a network and put together. It was like, we came together as friends and collaborators and it was a very natural thing that we came together, but should there be more opportunities for more people? Absolutely. And, yeah, uh, and more women. And, and if we can, you know, be any part of that, that change. And, and for me as a, a queer woman, as a lesbian, like that's, you know, to be show running this show, like, I don't know the other, uh, queer women out there who are, who are doing that in Canada, you know? And so that's a unique perspective. Like we have, you know, there is some diversity just in the fact that we're, you know, in our forties, actually women on television who aren't, you know, supermodels or, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there needs to be more, like way more. And uh, so I think it's, it's that frustration that perhaps the public is feeling wanting to see more. And so we really hope that that happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that came up there was this idea of like, I didn't even think of it. The fact that I was a woman making this doing this until people pointed it out oh yeah i have that experience too people are like oh you're a minority in this world and i'm like i am oh i forgot like i'm just doing my work yeah yeah no i think that's that that, that's huge and it it, in my career is always like especially as a female writer i have had can't tell you how many job interviews i've gone on that i'm like oh i'm here because i could i'm funny and then you know that the thing is like well we hear that you're funny for a woman and we need someone basically to write the womany parts and it was always like oh i have that exact same experience and what's great about this show is i feel like you know my qualifier is gone you know, and, and all of our qualifiers are gone and we're just funny people doing funny things. And uh, and that's really that's really a great experience to have. Mm-hmm. I will say I've 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 thought about this before, but like when you're talking about like white men and like what they've had to do, like um, we've women and people, people who aren't white men have had a great time enjoying all the stuff that white men have done and they're going to have a great time enjoying all what we do too. All the stuff that white men have done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking, it's not all the stuff. I mean, but, uh, let's no, I meant like, I meant like, like maybe a fraction. Like well, I was talking artistically. I mean, artistically, like, yeah. you know, have we enjoyed their music? Yeah. No, but like, have we enjoyed their music and their art and like their comedy? Absolutely. And they're going to have a great time enjoying ours too. I feel like when I doing the show, sometimes when we get asked the questions about the women, man, I always I'm so maybe like what you just said. I don't see it sometimes because I get really stumped. I'd be in the writing room going, guys, when I get asked the question about being a female in this world, what should I say? Because I think when you're creating your own work or you're really embedded into it, you don't, kind of to your point, like you just don't, it's not something I live with every day. It's like, I'm like, this thing I wrote, I think's really good. I think that's really funny. Oh my God, I cannot wait to get that. I think that, that's sort of how my brain power works. So sometimes when I'm getting interviewed, yeah. I feel really flummoxed. And I felt a strange responsibility to answer correctly. And I'd get panicked and I'd sweat out of one armpit. Uh, and sometimes I listen to them like that. And then I found myself like Googling like things to say when asked to be in about woman in, you know, female working in this world. So, you know what so else I enjoy is um, women uh, being able to uh, 
like support themselves and their families doing what yeah, they love. Yeah, totally. Because that's a huge thing. People talk about like, oh, the, you know, like when somebody like Russell Crowe is like, oh, women, they just don't want to take those older parts. It's like, actually, there aren't that many parts. Gladiator said yes, that. Yes, yeah. Gladiator said that. He's like, you know, women just want to be ingenues. Like they should, they should like take those, those very numerous parts that are out there for older women. And it's like, yeah. But, you know, like it's, I love that we, I love people being able to like keep supporting themselves and and yeah. and do all that work and doing what they're meant to be doing and like pay for their families and and bring home the groceries doing what they're meant to be doing because that's a really good thing. Well, you could tell I was struggling with how to even pose this question. I didn't want to give you a shout out because I could see the gentle way in which you were approaching it and I didn't sweat out of my right armpit. So thank you for keeping well, that stench well, down. Well, I, I don't... Uh, sometimes I think that we talk so much about difference. Like I said, we talk so much about difference that I, I'm not even aware of my difference sometimes until a white person points it yeah, out like to sometimes me. Sometimes don't you just want to talk about the product? Sometimes I'm like, yeah. I'm like I just want to talk about the sketch. Yeah. Like if you're confused about the surreal buzzer sketch, yeah. let's just get into that. Because right. like when it comes to like, I got to talk about this, I'm like, I don't know. If yeah. I'm a terrified. I'm going to say something wrong. Well, and I'm like, I just want to just wanna be mean. <laughs> talk about just t-shirts. But it's confusing because... It, it is important. I think some of the yeah. some of what's going on here is Absolutely. super important. But I do think highlighting it constantly takes away for, it takes away the power a little bit. Yeah. And, like, and maybe I, we'll do interviews and we're talking more about what it is to be a woman than it is to be like this is the work that we generated. Yes. And sometimes yeah. I feel like ah oh, come on. So but the I, reminder there is that we're not post gender, right? Like there's all yes. these people are like oh we're post feminist, we're post gender. It's like no, at post race we're not. There's a lot more. And so and I think because these questions keep coming yeah. up, it's that reminder of like oh right, we're not just. It, it isn't that everyone's got a fair shot at everything. Everyone doesn't. And it's, and it's, well, you know. also yeah. I feel like as a woman, I'm, st I don't have a set answer. Like I'm still exploring it. Like as a feminist, like I'm still like when I'm asked these questions, I think one of the reasons I get stressed out is because I don't know yet where I land with it. Cause I'm still exploring it. So I'll get a question asked. This is the first all female show that I've been in with it all mostly 90% like a female writing room so sometimes I ask the question I'm still experiencing it yes yeah and then but you feel but then sometimes when we were doing and the interviews have all been sweet P.S. it's not like a bad thing it's still new territory for me to talk about it in that way yeah yeah no I appreciate it's like that. now I'm handing you both microphones it's like <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> it's constantly yeah Aurora. yeah we're constantly trying to land yeah. Um, but I th and I think also like just also at the point in our careers, it's exciting for us to get to the point where we're, you know, from the people who hold the reins, given the thing, just as artists is like, OK, you guys be in charge because yeah. for anybody who's in comedy specifically, like comedy, you like you, you want to be very in charge of like, like this is how the delivery is. This is how things. Are. So like just as just as artists, which should be the main thing. But like it's so, it's like, yes, finally, like let us make it because like we have a, we have so much say in like how looks and how it sounds yeah. and and the costumes and the editing and all that kind of stuff and that's that's so satisfying beyond anything just yeah. at this point and also on a practical level where the show started wasn't just about finding space it was like well i'll just personally speak you know i was a single mom i wasn't making much money i was looking at other jobs i just moved to the uk so i was like i want to build a job that it's what aurora was talking about it's like you can feed the family. You can be happy. Yeah. You can work with your friends. And it didn't. And, and that, th that's another true place, which I think is a relatable place where our show comes from at the same time. Because all of us had our own different experiences about when we created the show. And it wasn't like everyone was rolling in the, you know, it was just like everybody else. And we yeah. just, that's why we continue to work really hard at this job and put all we got into it. Because yeah. on one level, we know that we're lucky to have it. Yeah. And, and at the same time, paid some serious dues. Like yes. I've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. This wasn't handed to us. Yep. We weren't chosen because we won a beauty contest. Like it was like, <laughs> I won't know. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like we worked, yeah. you know, really, really hard and strategically. Yeah. You, and yeah. It, it's, I mean, the show is amazing. I, I want to congratulate you again on it. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the future of the show? And also, like, I don't we want to, but we oh, can't. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, no, is we, it? How's it looking? Is everything okay? Everything's looking good. Yeah, yeah everything's. Good. I think the future of the show is that we will be on Mars. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we enjoyed that sketch show so much. We're going to yeah with John Dor. We're going to recall. Uh, I think. Yeah, well, we hope that it really just connects with an audience and um, that we can go and go and go. We love doing it, and we're drawing on such an amazing community, and it's so much fun to be able to hire amazing people in our community and let them do what they do. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that we hope that it, you know, knock wood, has a, has a long run. But we also, you know, it's, it's Canada. So that's yeah. not... Thanks, Canada, for tuning in, too. Yeah. 
and all the yeah. love. And it's been across, man. It's been like province to province. And we get pretty excited. Yeah. Like, And you can watch on your TV. And if you're a person who's like, I don't have a TV, actually. She touched my arm. And the only reason I don't have a TV is that my daughter and I have to sublet. <laughs> we don't have a but anyway, <laughs> but you can watch online. So if you have it, you go to your friend's house who yeah. has a TV and you watch and turn it on and, and watch it with the commercials, which is super fun. Or you go online <laughs> and you go like cbc.ca backslash Baroness and you're like, I'm going to watch, watch the it. episodes. Yeah. Yeah, or you know if you really are into it and want to <laughs> help out. You just turn on your TV and you leave it on. What time? Night. What time? It's uh, 9.30 on Tuesday nights. And we repeat 11 o'clock on Sunday, I believe. Uh, 9 p.m. on Sunday. Oh, 9 p.m. on Sunday. I just leave my TV on on Sunday. So I'm going <laughs> uh, do you tour? Like, would you actually perform Baroness Von Sketch live? I, I don't know. I come from a different I don't know. background. I don't, I didn't, yeah. I don't know. I'll leave it to them. I was, yeah. My was, son gets really nervous when I'm away from home too for too long. So I think we'd have to do it in like three, in long weekends. Or stints. Yeah. not even tour, but would you do live shows? Like, could you stage this show? We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah, we haven't really talked about it. I mean, we wrote it for TV, like to be shot and to capture it in that way. So mm-hmm. to translate it on stage, it's a very different thing, right? You have to make things bigger so that you can reach the people in the back rows and yeah so i wonder i don't know how it would translate onto stage well we have the circus and the burlesque version that are going to be you <laughs> know right. launched pretty soon so we'll yeah. you'll be seeing those coming right. to your town <laughs> no i was just curious like i mean a lot of sketch start yeah. on stages yeah. and then yeah. they go to tv so you've had a, uh, an interesting uh, trajectory that way is there a way for us to this because it's a visual show where this is an audio podcast i like to go out on songs when i have musical guests or something is there a sketch that you think would translate well as an audio piece? Ooh, is there I'm anything? I'm sorry, I sprung this on you at the last uh, minute. Book, book club? Book club? Yeah, yeah, book club might. Book club. Um, we could. I mean, uh, we did have a sketch that when we did our demo and didn't have to pay for rights. Um, we love the Beastie Boys, and we did a sketch to the Beastie Boys, and it worked so well, and it was so heartbreaking that we couldn't get the rights and, and redo that for television. So that's the one that I, uh, you know. But if we were to put on the podcast, you'd just hear the Beastie Boys. You wouldn't get a sense of what the sketch oh, I would get in trouble. I understand from a group the I really question like. now. I didn't, I didn't no, understand. I, I meant the I want to play. I will play. I'll, when I I'll put say, it in the. I would say book club. Yeah, book club could work, or the one about uh, the foot, the duck. I the know, foot and the doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah but work. I like book club. Yeah, I like book club yeah. too. I think it would work. I mean, you have to imagine that there are four books on the table. You know, yeah. if, can you imagine? Can you imagine the picture of an author? You know, with their hand on her I chin. Think they I suppose can do that. you yeah. can. Yeah. I know when they roll out for audio, and I used when I was doing the radio interviews, yeah. they would use admissions a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah, which is a short one. Yeah. Yeah, maybe book club is more of a scene scene you know we have lots of time on this show I have no parameters so it's kind of like the TARDIS isn't it a podcast because you can just put as much time as you want into it nerd alert nerd alert so book club we're going to go with book club club. is that what we decided okay now that I understand the question sorry I missed I wasn't clear I, I just was like yeah yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Baroness Von Sketch, thank you for being on thank my show. So Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This month's read was just astonishing. I hope we can do this book justice in an hour. Susan, how did you like the book? Oh, I liked it on Facebook and Instagram. So. Uh, Ruth, what did you think of the central character? Oh, she was extraordinary. Wasn't she? Yeah. You know, just the way, like, her chin was just, you know, like, on her hand. She was just, you know, like, like staring right down the barrel of the camera. I just really connected with her. That's the author, Einstein. Oh, oh, she's not Einstein. She's Ruth. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, what stood out for me was the symbolism of the lilacs in Sasha's life, her, her struggle, her, um, her inner garden of growth, if you will. Anything pop out for you guys? The lettering did and it popped right out. And when you rub your hand across it, it's raised. So it's like braille, but it's like for people with eyes. Lori, mm-hmm. blind people have eyes. For real? Yeah, I mean, they're smaller, but they have them. Mm-hmm. Like, just a little bit smaller. Okay. Yeah. Okay, has anyone read the book? This book? Anyone? No. no. Okay, well, the author is going to be here in 15 minutes, so I guess once again, I'll do all the talking. Okay. Okay, Okay, but, but deaf people, they have ears. Or are those not ears? No, 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 they have ears. They're just vestigial. Okay, you are all fired. 
what is Vesigil? It's the place where you leave your coats and your hats and your boots and stuff. Like a portmanteau. Yeah. That was Book Club by Baroness Von Sketch. And, you know, that was funny. It was funny on its own as an audio thing. But if you actually go to cbc.ca slash Baroness, you can actually watch it because there's a sight gag at the end that I think makes it even better. I'm not going to describe it for you. You don't obviously see the sight gag having just heard the thing. So go watch book club and all their sketches go it's great it's a very funny show thanks again to carolyn taylor meredith mcneil aurora brown and jennifer whalen for being on the program to talk about the uh, baroness vaughn sketch show oh sort of interesting postscript i mentioned during the interview that uh, my wife had yet to watch an episode of this great show that i'd been telling her about it well just uh this week tuesday night it was 9 30 where we live and I said, hey, you know what? That show's on. Let's watch it. So we watched it, and she really liked it. She really, really liked it. And as soon as it was done, we decided to watch part four of OJ, Made in America. And uh, it's very different. Very different uh, experiences from watching Baroness Von Sketch to OJ, Made in America. So just be careful about uh, your choices there. Uh, Baroness Von Sketch is nice to go to bed to. OJ, Made in America not so much. Anyway, final episode of this uh, first season is coming up on the uh, 19th of July, I believe at 9.30, so watch it and uh, support Baroness Von Sketch. Very good, very funny. Speaking of supporting things, this is uh, Creative Control of Vishkana. You can uh, go to vishkana.com and you can learn about how to uh, download, subscribe, stream episodes uh, on iTunes, on audioboom.com, via whatever Android device you have. And you can also learn about our Patreon page, where you can make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. You can learn how to like our Facebook page. You can learn how to follow us on Twitter, at Vish Creative. You can also learn how to listen to a version of this show every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time via CFRU 93.3 FM in uh, Guelph or around the world at CFRU. Ca. Again, vishkana.com for all your vishkana.com needs. That's it for me. More great episodes coming up. I hope they're great. I like them. Good, good episodes coming up in the next little while. Thanks for listening to this one. Tell your friends to do it too. And download, please, download the episodes. It makes the show seem like it's more successful than it is. Okay, bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.